best piece of advice they can give you is that stop focusing on trying to compound your money over 5 billion years. Like it's all about cash flow now. That's the one thing we can control. I don't want you to listen to this episode until I have a chance to mention this to you first. As you know, we normally try to have really good sound quality on recording every single episode with professional mics. However, every now and again, when I'm on the road, which tends to be a lot, when I'm on the road speaking at a conference, I might be meeting with somebody else as the case for today's episode. So um, we recorded it and I thought that there was a lot of really great value. So I want you to just Help me look past the sound quality and look at the content that's going to be in this episode. So with no further ado, let's get into the episode. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by RealBlueSpruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams, and you're going to notice something is the audio quality sounds a little bit different today. Chris Miles is on the show and his audio is amazing and it's making me jealous. But here's the thing, I'm out on the road, just finished a mastermind and the, there's no rest for the wicked. So here I am, I'm gonna give you some amazing content so you're gonna have to look past whatever you think my audio sounds like because I'm using my AirBuds. I think they're called AirBuds. They're these iTunes, iPod, whatever. I don't know. They're kind of like sticking in your ears. And that's what I have instead of my super expensive microphone that I use when I'm actually in the studio. And I also at the studio have all of these like, um, what are they called? They're these accordion styled um, foam that mm. takes away all echoes and in this car i'll just tell you it's not acoustically sound so if you're hearing echoes i hope that you can forgive me this once for um giving you the best content that i can even when i'm on the road chris miles how are you doing today sir great man hey this is just like carpool karaoke you know like we just kind of sit here karaoke. and just have a conversation in your car and everybody else is just in the back seat listening to us talk right that's good. That's good. Well, first off, thanks for being on the show. Uh, just to give you a bit of information on Chris Miles so you know who he is. He is the anti-financial advisor. And I say that because I would say that most financial advisors out there, they are pushing this thing called a mutual fund. Their bosses tell them that they need to do it. They make plenty and plenty of money off of these mutual funds. There's asset management fee type things where if they just hold that money, they're going to make money, whether it goes up or down. They don't care. So that's the typical financial advisor. But Chris Miles is a little bit different because what he's trying to do is he's trying to show you another way. The typical client that he works with is a high net worth, highly paid individual, like a doctor or some other type of entrepreneur that might be making 200000 or or more. And they are ready for some passive income. They're ready to say, man, this is crazy because I'm making all this money. But while I'm making all this money, I'm not really making any money passively. And I want to grow my wealth. I want to leave a legacy. And Chris Miles, he's your guy. And we're going to talk to you a little bit about his podcast, which is Chris Miles Money. And we're also going to talk just a little bit about his website, which I forgot the name of the website. Will you tell us again the, your, the domain that you're using? Yeah, it's moneyripples.com. So, moneyripples. Uh, is that a double, double P? 
Is that a double P ripples? Yeah. dot com. Okay. So yeah, create that ripple effect. You know what? And if (laughs) you shouldn't have said nipples, now we're going to have to like make this podcast, even though it's a totally normal thing and all uh, people, all genders have them. We're going to probably have to put some type of um, explicit signal on this podcast, just so I don't go to jail or something like this. (laughs) Moneyripples.com. And um, so you have to remember that. Go ahead. It's kind of a funny joke because uh, I was on a podcast for Entrepreneur Magazine and the yeah. host is like, man, I love your website, Money Nipples. I'm like, what? No. How'd you even get that? No, like, that's not my site at all. Like, it never even <laughs> crossed my mind. And okay. I was like, okay, I apparently have to clarify this now for people. Yeah. You know? yeah. So um, if you're listening right now and you are. All you're going to have to do to find money ripples and not accidentally put an N in the wrong spot is just kind of scroll down a bit and you'll see in the show notes right now, it's spelled correctly. Don't even worry. You can click that and you can go in and start following what Chris Miles Money is doing. Chris MoneyRipples.com. All right. So let me do this. So what I want to talk about today on the podcast is three things really. I want to talk about why you're the uh, anti-financial advisor, like why you feel so passionately to defy uh, natural, like what's going on right now. So that's the first topic that I really want to talk about. The second topic that I really want to talk about is if mutual funds are not the right thing. I just want to understand what you feel with your experience is the right thing. Mm-hmm. And the third one that I want to do is, is this thing that you call double dipping your returns. I think that's interesting. I cannot wait to get into it. But before we get there, Chris, I gave a bit of your bio. But mm-hmm. if you have a part of your bio that relates to those three topics today, why don't you share that with the listener and we'll dive right in. You bet. You know, so I actually started I actually started down the traditional financial advisor route about 18 years ago back at just right after 9/11. So great time to get in the market, right? <laughs> and so uh I started doing that and you know I actually never intended to be a financial advisor long term. I was just trying to get business experience so I could become a business consultant for people. And I wanted that real life experience so I can go into the corporate world and start sharing that. Well, I started to really enjoy being an entrepreneur myself. And so I dropped out of college, stayed dropped out, never finished my bachelor's with one paper to write. It wasn't even a course. It was a paper, you know, and, uh, and I stayed dropped out. And I stayed as an entrepreneur and I was this financial advisor, same kind of guy, you know, kid in his twenties, wearing a suit all the time, trying to impress you, telling you to save everything, spend nothing, you know, sacrifice, suffer, invest in mutual funds and just, you know, your life just sucks, right? Like, you know, pretty much like hopefully someday you might have something, you know, that was kind of what I taught. And, you know, after about three to four years in, right, I started to realize that there was weaknesses in what I was teaching because I like real evidence. I like to know that things work. And I started to look at it and I realized, hey, the stock market doesn't actually return 12, 10 or 12% like they said. That's the Wait, average. what? Wait, what? It doesn't? No, man. No, it does not. It, here's if th- So if they're saying that, it, so I've heard like four times from four different financial advisors that the average return of the stock market over the last like 30 years is 10%. I think 
the four times that I heard it is that the the actual like non anti financial advisors are telling me um, over the last thirty years we're averaging ten percent. So, what did you find differently? Just real fast. Yeah. So the big difference, right? Um, so companies do not technically lie. It's uh, it's kind of like this. Uh, I remember Ben Stein. If you remember Ben Stein, he's the guy that said Bueller. Bueller on Ferris Bueller's Day Off, right? Okay, yeah. So he's, he's actually a Harvard economist as, as well as an actor, and his father was too. And I remember there was a line from his father that he taught them that says, figures don't lie, but liars figure, right? You can manipulate the numbers to be whatever you want. So, so for example, um, they talk about the market. And even when I was in the early 2000s, they still said large cap stocks were like 10.4%. Small cap stocks were like 12.1, 11.9, depending on the year. Um, they would always say that's been the average since like 2000 BC, right? Like even before the depression. And they'll say, even with the depression, it's always been this way. And they always have the disclaimer at the bottom saying past performance is not indicative of future results, right? Um, but they would say that's the average. Well, three years in, there's a guy that came to our office to help us to teach us what new product to sell, right? He was selling a product that was fixed. It wasn't based on market swings with, where you could lose money. It was all up gains, but none of the downside risk, right? And he would say, he te- he's, and this is the big key point. He said, okay, guys, say you have 10,000 bucks. Say the market loses 50%. So you lose 50%. You're now at 5,000 bucks, right? He says, so guys, if I want to get back up to 10,000 bucks, what's the return we need? And all of us in unison, all the advisors said, 50%. Because if you lose 50%, you need 50% to get back up. He says, guys, if you're at 5,000 bucks, you make 50% on 5,000. That's only 2,500 bucks. You only got up to 7,500. You didn't make it all the way to 10,000. If you lose half, you got to double to be able to get back up. So that's actually 100% return you need to get back up to zero, right? Yeah, it's, just to get back to zero. <laughs> just right. To, it, just to not hit- counting fees. You you haven't even made money on your investment yet, and you just got a hundred percent return. Exactly, you know. And th- think about that. You'd start doing base, you know, some of your basic aver- averages on math, right? Negative fifty plus a one hundred means you net fifty. Well, over two years, say this is two years, you lose fifty percent, you gain a hundred percent. Well, you get that negative positive fifty divided by two years. Your average rate of return is twenty five percent a year. But you're like, wait. I didn't make any money. In fact, once they took out my fees, I probably have like 97, 9,800 bucks. So I actually lost money, right? But because of that, because average and actual returns are not the same. Once you have a negative year, you lose 10%, you need 11.1 to get back to breaking even. You lose 90% like in the Great Depression, which is why they always show the Great Depression. You lose 90%, you need 900% to get back to where you were which throws off the averages like drastically. And that's what we're seeing. And so when I realized like, wait, well, what's the real rate of return? And I'll go in at least every few months and I'll, I'll, I'll find that 30 year average, right? Like the average real return of S&P 500 based on this day versus what it actually is today. And you'll find out the return is hovering right around seven and a half percent, not 10, not 12, seven and a half, including the last decade that's been pretty much straight up. Just out of curiosity, um, many people who are against the stock market mm-hmm. love to throw in that 
once you that seven and a half percent that you were just talking about, they love to throw in. And then you mm -hmm. have like the two percent fees, management yep. fees that they automatically take, plus this fee, plus that fee, plus that fee. And so the the people that are against it are like saying it's really like five percent. Yeah. You might get six percent if you're lucky. You know, that's okay. that's really what it is. This is why I get so many people come to me, they'll say, Chris, like the market is hitting new highs, but my, my re account's not reflecting that. Like it should be higher, right? Like shouldn't it be making more money than it is? Well, it's like, well, now if it's got all that drag on it, you know, plus most mutual funds don't even make the stock market return. Mo like over 90% of mutual funds make less than the SP 500, which is why the, con the, the, the way they've been combating that is saying, well, hey, just buy the S&P 500 index, right? Just buy the spider, you know, and then you're good. You just buy the index fund. Well, there's still fees coming out of that too. So you never even keep up with that 7.5% if it does that, right? Um, there's been other times I've done it where it goes lower than 7.5% depending on when you're in and when you're out. So that's the, the, that's the thing is like when I started to see this stuff and then I started looking at real rates of inflation, right? It's not 2 or 3% like the government's telling us. They're doing, they're doing a lower number so they don't have to pay more, you know, cost of living increases for Social Security. So they're lying about that. They're like trying to find ways to manipulate the numbers. And so when you look at, you start throwing inflation to being at least five or 7%, you're like, well, crap, that's not right. You know, that now we're not making anything, you know? It, I'm loving this, by the way. I'm loving this. This is, <laughs> this is one of those episodes that, you know, I'm recording now. I'm listening to you now. I'm learning now. Um, but I'm still probably going to listen to this episode two or three more times. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes out, I'm probably going to be, I actually usually listen to my podcast the day that it comes out just to make sure that everything's square. You know, yeah. sometimes I've had like blank episodes, but this one with you, uh, once I hear it, I'm going to be like, that was so good. Rewind, play it again, <laughs> rewind, play it again. This is fun. I'm, I'm enjoying this. And let me, let me interrupt you. And I apologize. Um, we, we pretty much answered most of the question on why the anti-financial advisor, um, so I'll let you finish your thought, but it's time to get into what do you invest in if you're not investing in mutual funds. So uh, yep. go ahead and finish your thought, and then we'll get into what do you invest in if not mutual funds. Yeah. So here's, here's what I've, I found out. Like when I start running real numbers, and say, for example, you want to have a $60,000 a year lifestyle, which is not a great lifestyle, but it's a simple lifestyle, right? If with inflation and the real rates which on the stock market and having to pay taxes and all that other stuff, because if you've been putting cr crappy money into a crappy 401k, it's not going to do you any good. That match, by the way, doesn't pay you squat in the long-term game of things. That's not a true 100% return, but that's another topic, right? But when you even factor all that in, you've got to save for a 20-year retirement goal, $8,000 a month to be able to have a $60,000 a year lifestyle. You got to save $100,000 a year for the next 20 years so then you can live on $60,000 a year type of lifestyle with inflation. That sucks. You cannot, it really, that's what I found out. You can't save that much by the way in a 401k. It's not legal to save that much. You can't do it in an IRA. You can't do it in anything a financial advisor offers. And this is where it created the conundrum for me, right? Because I'm like, okay, do I keep, after knowing this stuff, do I keep, teaching this and, and just focus on my pocketbook or do I stay in integrity? So 2006 rolls around. I started meeting guys that were in real estate investing, right? And, uh, and they scoffed, like they made fun of everything that I taught. 
Like they were just like, this stuff is ridiculous. And these guys were retired in their twenties and thirties. I'm like, I want to be like these guys. Cause I remember one friend asked me that was in real estate. He said, well, how many of your clients are financially free? I said, well, none. You know, they're still watching CNN freaking out because anybody who watches CNN will freak out about anything. Right. Um, but secondly, he's like, well, how many of you guys as financial advisors are financially free? Not off the commissions you're making, but off the investments you've been telling them to get into. And as I thought about it, I thought, well, none, none of them are not even the guys been doing this for 30 or 40 years. And he's like, there's your problem. And I was like, well, what's the answer? He's like, I'm not going to tell you the answer because I don't think you believe me. I'm like, dude, I want to know the answer. And, and that's when I started getting involved with things like real estate and, and passive streams of income and residual streams of income through business and things like that. Focusing on a cash flow mindset, not, or as I call it, an acceleration mindset, not an accumulation mindset. Because advisors are always about accumulating money, letting it stay in banks and institutions that make money off of you every single year, right? Because they're making cash flow off you with their fees, guaranteed. But you, you're riding all the waves of stock markets, hoping and praying you might make something. Like you're taking all the risks while they're taking all the cash flow. Reverse that. You know, that's where you become an anti-financial advisor, right? And, and actually in 2006, I was able to retire when I was 28 years old the first time. And it blew my mind. Now, back then, I only needed 4000 a month to get out of the rat race, right? Um, but then I got there. I was like, well, what do I do? Do I go and teach ballroom dancing like I was doing? You know, I was one of the, side note, I was one of the nation's top amateur ballroom dancers. So uh, I thought, well, maybe I'll teach ballroom dancing because that's fun. But I felt like my, I needed more purpose or meaning. And uh, 2007, that's when I started to kind of take that route. I came out of retirement and said, I'm going to teach people how to, how to get out of the rat race like I did. Um, funny enough, I actually got back in the rat race with a recession. I went from millionaire to upside down millionaire because I wasn't doing things well. I was kind of overly ambitious in my 20s and it caught up to my 30s. And uh, so I was able to reverse that, pull myself out um, without filing for bankruptcy miraculously. Um, and I was able to pay off over a million dollars of debt. And then it was able to once again get out of the rat race, making more than five figures a month. Um, back in December, 2016. So I was, I was, so the cool thing is I've actually been able to prove that this works twice. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like the others that you were talking with, they said, if we can't tell you, we don't want to tell you because you just wouldn't believe us. It sounds yeah. like it worked twice for you. Mm -hmm. um, so what is it that gives us real true financial freedom from the anti-financial advisor. What's, what is it that we're going to invest in? I, I think you were hinting toward real estate, but I, I don't know. I, I want to hear what is yeah. it. Just give it to me. Yo, I'm interested. Yeah. What I've found is that people really, they got to find their own recipe, right? Because you know, when someone just tries to tell you, hey, do this kind of real estate investing or do note investing or buy this syndication or this fund over here or buy this or that, like if they're always pointing to that, that silver bullet, that's usually what means that they're trying to sell you something. Right. And, and it doesn't mean that what they have is bad, but it may not be in your self-interest, you know? So I try to line people up, you know, strategize with them first and foremost, how to get there as quickly as possible to find the money to invest and start creating passive income. Right. Um, but then secondly is what are the right investments for you? Um, so for example, for me personally, I love, absolutely love doing turnkey real estate investing. I love passive income. I love not managing a property that somebody else manages the property. I just manage the property manager. 
that for me is what I like. I don't like to do, I'm not the active investor. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, ironically, I was just on a show where this guy actually has active investors following him. And their number one complaint is, hey, I'm making great money, but I have no freaking passive income. I make millions of dollars, but I have no freedom, right? So I'm all about creating that passive income. Um, so it could be that. It could be notes. It could be in the note space, right? Where you're making a set return being the bank, you know? It could be, um, you know, I get people sometimes will just do syndications. We'll maybe get in on a multifamily deal, right? And, you know, get in that. And if, if it's especially a good operator, you know, it's got to be somebody who's like, you know, they've ridden the waves. Like they understand the business. They're not just people have shown up in the last two or three years saying, hey, I'm an operator. You know, I know what I'm doing. It's like, oh, bull crap. Like <laughs> you haven't been proven yet. You know, let's see. But, you know, that could be the good thing. And I'll tell you, I have one client. He didn't want to do anything with real estate. And, uh, and even though I personally love it, and I think it's, it should be a part of your portfolio. He's like, I just don't want to do it with, with real estate. And so with him, we did oil, oil investments. You know, because at least with oil investments, we get 100% write-off. He doesn't deal with the real estate aspect. And he loves it. He thinks it's exciting. And, uh, and that's the thing is if you can find a type of investing that lights you up, that even when you get out of the rat race, you still love it. Now you haven't created a job. Because what happens is people try to do something only for the money, only for the paycheck. And then when they do it, they're like, well, I don't really like it, but it, it pays me. So I'll do it, but it sucks. And like, you don't want to be that kind of investor. You want to do something that actually lights you up a little bit so that when you do get out of the rat race, one, you work by choice. And then two, you're like, hey, I, I could quit or not, but either way, my life is awesome. I love it. And, and that's what it's all about is how do you love your life? Absolutely. I love that. All right, so what we're going to do here is the part that I'm intrigued and I want to hear from you is just this concept around double dipping, um, mm -hmm. what it means, how, how, how to do it. Um, we do have to break for our sponsors, so it's just going to take us a few seconds and I'm going to drive right back in. So we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, it's Adam Adams, and I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses the traditional way, you know it takes a lot of money. Putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses, a way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle. And best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full time. It's called fix and list deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income, and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the fix and list strategy over the last four years, and he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the fix and list strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. And we're back with Mr. Chris Miles and the anti, the anti-financial advisor talking with us about why you would never want to be in mutual funds, what the true, the true value or the return when investing in things like the S&P 500 and mutual funds is a lot less. We'll just say it's not 10 or 12%. It might be five or 7% <laughs> um, overall after all of these fees. And he's talking about how there's uh, better ways. There's better ways to get involved. There's better ways to, make money on your money, to invest your money, 
talking about how uh, one of his clients is able to have a hundred percent write-off on depreciation. I think in the first year, is it the first year with oil? First year? Yeah, or is it that's taking correct. a few years? That's crazy. Like that's so uh, enticing for somebody who has a high net worth, who really has been making really good money. They need that. Um, same thing with a lot of our syndications. Um, we're able because of what's mm -hmm. happened over the last couple of years, they keep adding bonus depreciation. They keep adding things. So with cost yeah. segregation, you can offset some income. Talk to your financial advisor. I'm not one, <laughs> but talk to your financial advisor, talk to Chris and see how that works, how that works for you. If, if having some type of depreciation is, is what you're looking for. We talked about all sorts of different real estate. Chris has invested in uh, single family rentals and other things. He's helped his clients get into syndications. He's helped his clients get into note investing. Um, and now we want to talk about double dipping. So Chris, what the heck is double dipping and how do we do it? Yeah. You know, I like to create what I call a supercharged tax-free savings account, right? Because, you know, obviously, like when you're trying to build and grow your assets, I like to create an income snowball, right? Where as you take the cash flow from your investments, you reinvest it and you keep doing it more and more. So your passive income increases year after year, right? And that's, that's what I recommend with all my clients. Well, you can do one of a few things. Like obviously, if you're taking that cash flow, you can store it in your checking or savings account. And that's fine and dandy, you know, but now you're earning point nothing percent on that money, right? So say you put it in your savings account, you're earning point nothing percent. And then at the end of the year, they're going to tax you on that point nothing percent, right? You know, which means you basically make nothing. It's like crap, you know? But I can use a strategy where I use specifically the tool I use is whole life insurance, right? Now you might have heard of concepts like infinite banking or cash flow banking, wealth formula banking. I mean, there's a million different titles people give to it. It's, it all comes back to life insurance. The, the thing is this, is that almost all those guys, including infinite bankers, don't think like investors, right? They try to make it like this long-term thing. Uh, they try to make a thing like where it's a, a, a tug of war between do I invest or do I put it in this life insurance, right? And it's always that tug of war and, and it never sat well with me. Well, finally, like it was actually after I retired the second time, uh, one, of my, you know, one of my colleagues, he actually has a podcast show himself. He's a multifamily investor and, and everything else. And He's like, Chris, like this concept you taught me and it's awesome, but can we do it better? And so I started to get into it, realized even the people I was, I was sending as referrals to do that strategy weren't doing it as well as they could because their pocketbook was tied to it. But me, I was like, I was freshly retired. I'm like, I don't need squat. And, uh, and I found ways to cut the costs to where it's not competing, where it actually becomes literally like a tax-free supercharged savings account where you're earning better returns tax-free and the cool thing is you can have your money in two places at the same time. Because when you have a whole life policy, for example, just like a, you know, getting a line of credit against your house, right? Your house will still appreciate whether you've got a HELOC on it or not. Well, life insurance, you can have the cash value that's in there, the savings. If you can minimize the cost to very little and you can dump in a ton of cash where it's now protected. And in most states, by the way, it's 100% protected from lawsuits and creditors. And you can have that money grow tax-free inside there. You can actually go to the insurance company and say, hey, I want to borrow some of that cash. Instead of withdrawing it, which you can do, of course, I'm going to borrow from you because, hey, you've got the money. You can give me a secure line of credit, say, for 5%. But the cool thing is my money's still earning like 6%, 5 or 6% in that other account. 
So I'm earning money on that money already because it's already in there. So say, for example, you've got 200 grand sitting in there. You decide you're going to borrow 100,000 bucks, right? Well, that full 200,000 is still earning interest. If you were to cash that out of your savings, you've lost the ability to earn interest on that 100 grand. But that full 200 grand is earning tax-free dividends. While at the same time, you're because you're borrowing from them, like a line of credit, it's like a HELOC that pays you, right? The same time you're using that money and you're investing in, say it's in a, in a, it could be in a syndication or it could be in buying turnkey or whatever it might be. Something that's ideally cash flowing something, at least quarterly or, or something like that. Well, now I'm taking the returns from that. I'm using that to pay towards the line of credit, just like I'm doing a sweep account, if you've ever heard of those re- referred to before, where you're using the HELOC to pay it down with the cash flow and then you charge the HELOC back up. I do the same exact strategy, but again, I make more interest doing it this way. So what ends up happening, say that the syndication is paying you a, a net you know, internal rate return of like 12%, right? Well, the cool thing is if you're using the life insurance as the way to fund that, you're making at least a net another 4 or 5% a year on top of it, meaning you're netting 16 17%. So I'll give you a real-life example. I, I had a guy, I was, I was teaching his people about his turnkey investments. He does turnkey real estate. And, uh, and I said, hey, let's take out two of your properties. I took out a duplex from his pro forma, and I took a single-family home. And I said, between these two, it's about $95,000 down payment. So I said, what if I had hundred grand in savings compared to hundred grand in my life insurance. Who wins over time? So savings account, you withdraw 95 grand and you take that thousand or so dollars a month, you start rebuilding it. And after about eight years, it rebuilds up to 128,000 bucks, right? From just the cash flow rebuilding. But if I did that same thing with my life insurance, it actually rebuilt up to 178,000 bucks, making me $50,000 more than I would if I just had it in my savings account, you know? And that's the key trick there is you can double dip by getting money paying you in two places at once. Once in the life insurance, paying tax-free dividends, and then once on your investments. Perfect. And what I want to do right now is, you know, I, I know enough about these life insurance policies to really get myself into trouble. Um, but one thing that I want to do for, just for the listener who might be thinking, now, wait, what? Life insurance, how is that an investment? What are you guys talking about? I heard that life insurance was, you know, you're really looking for the death benefit. And if you pass, then your kids get it. So I just want to be the mediator yeah. uh, right now just to kind of share how I look at this concept for the listener so that in case um, they were confused about it, I just want to share with them my thoughts on it. And this is kind of what it looks like for me, I love that analogy of, of using your equity line of credit, your home equity line of credit, where you have your asset, you have your house, that's an asset. And then you also are able to pull from that, draw from that, you know, get a line of credit and then invest it into something else. While your house is still an asset, you also got this other asset. That was a good way to explain it. Um, what I'm, what we're talking about here, just for the listener is, Uh, you got to understand that there's ways of just using this tool of life insurance to benefit you. It doesn't mean that you, it, well, you will also get the death benefit, right? You're, you're, you're the people that survive past you will also get the death benefits of having a life insurance. That part's obvious, Mm -hmm. but here's, here's what we're talking about you may be able to put like a hundred grand into this vehicle 
which is a life insurance vehicle. And then you will be able to use that money to go into something else at the same time. So you're making 4%, 5%, 6%, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I think right now it's like five-ish. You're making that five-ish percent uh, with, with your hundred grand that's sitting there. But, and you may have something like, because I'm just using round numbers right now. You may have a million dollar life insurance policy, okay? So you put in a hundred and then you can borrow against it and invest into something else and you still have that hundred making money and you still have that million in case you ever pass. And if for any reason you did pass then and you had a hundred borrowed against it, that death benefit would first pay off the amount that you've borrowed against it and then the people that are surviving past you would get the other 900,000, if, if that makes sense. So what we're really doing here is similar to a Roth IRA, okay? Mm -hmm. There's some similarities. They call this life insurance policy a super Roth because it's even better than a self-directed 401k in many ways. Chris was already mentioning that if you wanted to, if somebody else really wanted to get to a place where they were making that 60 grand a year, which might not be a amazing living, they would have to be saving 8,000 a month to be able to get into a vehicle. And now we look at what is it going to take to, to put 8,000 a month? I can't do that in my IRA. They're mm -hmm. only letting me put 5,500 a year or something close to that. I can't do that in my 401k, even if I do these types of distributions, even if I do these type of matches, even if I do X, Y, and Z, the max I can get is 55,000 per year, which is amazing. I, I'm not saying not to do that, but Chris has a way for you to put money into a spot and actually be able to do that 8,000 a month if you wanted to, or a one-time chunk of a hundred thousand if you wanted to and be able to borrow against that money, just like a HELOC and invest it in something else. So I hope you're interested. I hope you're listening and leaning forward and you want to hear the rest. So Chris, if I made a mistake in sharing any of that, you need to fix it now. But <laughs> I, if not, go ahead and build on top of it to help inspire somebody who has that high net worth of using this vehicle for their good rather than the some people who are like, oh, that's just life insurance or something like that. Mm -hmm. This is not just life insurance. Not all life insurance policies are created equal. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of kinds. It's not just term and whole life. It's not just those two. Within the whole life type of policies, there is multiple types and multiple people out there offering these super Roths which supersede and are better than a 401k for your goals. And Chris has one of the better ones. And so I want him to share with you what he can do for your money. Chris, take it away. Did I make any mistakes first off? You were awesome. That was great, man. That was good. That was a good way to sum it up. And, and I'm, I'm just going to add on to that because uh, like you said, like it is about the design, right? Because I've had people that said, Hey, I went to this insurance agent and Here's this company, you know, and, and they gave me this number. They're an infinite banker and it's the same company I'll use, but I'll find ways to reduce the cost drastically less than what they have. You know, like I had someone who's actually an insurance agent just la this last week say, okay, obviously I don't know what I'm doing. Can you write it on me and my family? 
Cause she's like, I obviously can't figure this out. I even gave her a video. It's like, here's how you design it. Like I even taught her, I spoon fed her. She's like, you just do it for me to split me in on the case, right? Like <laughs> she's like, just make it easy because I make it so minimal cost versus the gains that you get from it. Right. And there is a cost. It is insurance. Like you said, there is a death benefit, but that's not the focus. The focus is we're trying to create this super Roth, right? But a Roth, like you said, without limits, because I might have people put in a few thousand a year, like especially with their kid policies. I have people doing their, instead of their 529 plans for college, they'll save it in this because there's no rules that says what you can use it for. Like I'll give an example. I have one guy, he's a dent, he's actually a veterinarian. He's, he bought out on two of his sons, his teenage sons, putting in like about 10,000 a year to each. And now he's partnering with his son's money because he's controlling the money anyways. He can do whatever he wants. He's using that money to go into real estate deals. And he's now- Which, which, which by the way, I'm so sorry to cut you off, which by the way is something that if you were using a different vehicle like a 401k or an IRA mm-hmm. and you're, you're benefiting directly from this money, a, a direct no-no. Like yeah. it, this is so much more powerful than a 401k or an IRA. Um, this is so much more powerful than so many mm-hmm. other things. So as you're talking about uh, being able to borrow against it and partner with your son, you just can't do that stuff yeah. with a 401k. That's exactly it. Yep. So, I mean, I've had people do a few thousand a year, for, like with their kid policies, all the way up to a half million a year on themselves, you know, that they're, they're loading into it to dump in and then leverage it to, to create. And even if you don't even leverage it, the cool thing is, uh, like, for example, my wife, she demands that we keep $120,000 of liquid reserves just in case, right? Just for emergencies. Well, that's a freaking large opportunity cost when you think about it, especially if you keep it in a crappy savings account and pay me 0.15%. But I told her, I said, listen, let's put two thirds of this money in the life insurance where it's earning a lot more and it's tax free and it's protected. You know, I'm getting way better return. The other 40,000, we can divide up between the bank and online savings. We'll make thousands more a year than we would just letting it sit in the bank savings, you know? And that's, that's the fun thing is that you can do so many different things. You can be so flexible with it. Um, and even when I have people do like that max funding, right? Like even that guy that's doing a half, a half a million a year into it, the minimum requirement for him to put in is, is like 120,000. So he doesn't have to put in that much. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, Chris, I'm going to, I'm get. let's wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Give me, give me one piece of advice that the listener ought to know. And then I'm going to find out how does a listener find you or get a hold of you. Yep. Best piece of advice I can give you is that stop focusing on trying to compound your money over 5 billion years. Like it's all about cash flow now. That's the one thing we can control. It's all about income. It's all about how that creates real passive income and cash flow today. That is where it's an anti-financial plan, not the traditional build it up and then live on less than the interest where you live like a pauper as a millionaire. That's just not cool. It's all about cash flow. Love it. Love it. All right. How does the listener find you? How does the listener get a hold of you? Yep. Two ways. First one, check out my web, my, uh, well, you check out my website, moneyripples.com, right? Great <laughs> stuff on there. Money ripples. Got it. Money Got ripples. It. Yes. Very clear <laughs> on that one. And then the second place you can go check out my podcast, the Chris Miles Money Show. You can find it on iTunes or any podcast app. Lots of great information on that too. Chris, I'm so grateful for you spending the time just joining us on the show. Uh, it was insightful. It's something we don't normally talk about. 
I love it. We Again, we talked about the anti-financial advisor and why he's the anti-financial advisor. We talked a little bit about why you shouldn't invest in mutual funds because there's a lot of better ways. We talked a little bit about some of the vehicles out there, and then we talked about double dipping and being able to be invested in this, um, into this, what is it called? <laughs> into this um, life insurance policy while also taking some of that, borrowing it against it and putting it in notes, putting it into syndications, putting it into your own rentals or even partnering with your son. I learned a lot. I'm grateful for your time. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. It's an honor to have you as a listener. And I just wanted to say thank you. I also wanted to thank our sponsor, FixingLessSecrets.com, where they have that free video lesson. In that video lesson, you're going to learn never to struggle again to find or fund your next fix and flip deal. You're going to learn how to flip houses without taking out a mortgage. So now you can flip houses as your full-time income and not lose any money in a market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and that is to visit FixingListSecrets.com.